We are professionals. This is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking that and better boss on. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually did you this get is gonna me a hat a as bit... well? Um. Yes. So I've got Dune Cam. <laughs> it's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. Welcome to the first Quiet Onset Award Show. I'm Ewan Graf and joining me for today's festivities is my co-host Lachlan Healy. Today, we're going to give some awards to some movies and in various different categories, mind you. Ooh. Yes, Lachlan, that is exactly what we're going to do today. Uh, with 20 plus different categories, we have a lot to go over. But you might notice that we don't share the same categories that some other award shows do. We, we are, you know, no names will be dropped of other no. award shows. No uh, yeah. But we do things a little bit differently here. Uh-huh. Our globes aren't as golden as you might think. But if you want to skip around to any of the categories, you can find them linked below in the time codes and you can skip around the big finale and whatever when our... Will Smith is going to slap us both across the face. It's because he's cheap now to hire, so we're able, we're able to get Will yep. Smith. That's brilliant. That's, that's, that's so, yep. so good. So here are all the categories for today. We will be starting with the, in quotations, like the big ones, like the, in quotations, the best picture category. So we're talking about, like, best debut. We're talking about best movie. We're talking about movies that are entertaining. We're talking about uh, disappointments. We're gonna we're gonna have a you know a broad range of categories here, yeah. but we're we're gonna get started soon. We're gonna get started soon. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. It's just just another couple of ad breaks before we can get started. A couple of yeah, we gotta um, get paid or something. Loose bits, exactly. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmel PNG of Jimmy Kimmel inserted here he is. Jimmy we're gonna Kimmel. have musical numbers. Yeah. Ewan? I'm just Ken. Yep. That was. <laughs> And that was it for the musical numbers. Give it the Oscar. Uh, well, the, actually, the way this is going to work is going to be quite simple, I think. Lachlan and I both have separate lists for each of the categories. We have different nominees and we have different winners. So we get to talk about the most possible amount of movies for representation's sake and hopefully to expand your watch list beyond what you've seen this year. That means each of us are going to crown our own winner. So it's basically... Like, we both have winners. Yeah, we might agree yeah. on some, but we're probably going to uh, have separate ones. because Disgusting. How liberal of us. Smells like communism. Yeah. But yeah, two wow. winners per category. But uh, maybe winner. maybe in some categories, we even have the same winner. I mean, that oh. could happen. We don't know yet. We, would yeah. we won't know until we nope. continue to scroll down these show notes that I haven't had access to for the past 24 hours. You, I thought you the had, mystery is it, full of listeners. It's not for literally me. your notion. It's not like you could not have yeah, access to it. Yeah, it's literally my show notes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we, we'll, we'll pretend that we will. Uh, sorry, we're going to pretend we're surprised when we have the same winner. <laughs> <laughs> we can see it. It's all, it's all, it's showbiz, baby. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's, it's just the, the, the two of us. Now that was three of us, actually, uh, mm. with the producer, Kevin. So that that's yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty sick. But um, yeah. he just gets us no today. Vote. No say here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. N nothing for him. You can go check out his top ten video, which maybe next year later. we we can we can hide, like we could reveal each other's. Oh yeah, yeah. Wouldn't uh, that be so a good idea? We a, should have had this idea yeah. weeks ago when we when we. Were planning I mean, we this. could have just like, well, that's that takes preparation, and this took hours of preparation already. Imagine hours. another one one or two hours. Yeah, I was like, it, some of our categories are bizarre. 
Uh, but <laughs> we'll get there. You, you get it. You get how it works. This year, we saw a ton of incredible debut features. Too many to count. So uh, here's a couple that actually didn't make either of our top five nominees. Like Fairplay, Femme, Blue Jean, Scrapper, Skinamarink, Theater Camp, All Dirt Roads, Taste of Salt, Joyride, Polite Society, and yes, even Creed Free. But Lachlan, what are your nominees for the best debut feature in 2023? So I had uh, three nominees that I wanted to shout out. How yeah. to Have Sex, Past Lives, and Talk to Me. I have a bit of an overlap. I have Dose Free as well. In addition to that, I also have Rylane and A Thousand and One in here. I think it's been a really good year for movies overall. Just such a great, such a great, solid year. Uh, yeah, really, really Salt solid burn. year. Come on. <laughs> I mean, um, almost, almost a debut feature. Cocaine Bear. It's a second feature. Co cocaine. I, I think that might have even been. No, it definitely wasn't a debut feature, but uh, there was a bear and there was cocaine, so that's great. Fast uh, and Furious but... 10. So I'll just stop saying movies. <laughs> so many movies that definitely deserve a shout out on an award show, uh, I say, because they're so good. Yeah, Lachlan, what was, what was your favorite debut of the year? Well, it's funny because uh, technically this movie is a 2022 movie, but uh, pretty much mm. uh, became popular in... 2023 when it kind of released to the rest of the world. It's uh, I'm a little bit biased because it's, a, it's an Aussie duo, uh, Michael and Danny Filippo, uh, the mm -hmm. brothers, the uh, Raka Raka brothers. Uh, they did talk to me and I thought it was a, a mm -hmm. really fun, enjoyable debut film. And it's my most rewatched movie because I actually watched it three times. Yeah. I, I only watched other films like twice. I watched this one mm -hmm. three times. I don't know how, but I did. So yeah, talk to me. There you go. Congratulations. I don't I don't have any awards for this one. The thing is, with our award show, it's so advanced that the implants that you'll get later on into your head in a couple of years' time, retroactively, you just know that you won. And that's like, you'll know. That's not entirely true for all of them. No? Okay. I'm keen now. As far as debuts feature go, I think uh, your pick, Talk To Me, makes a ton of sense because these filmmakers show a ton of potential for... Uh, the future. I went with someone that just had a really, really solid film. I don't know about this follow-up feature, if it will connect as much because it was a deeply personal film that they made, which brings me to Past Lives. Celine Song uh, made a really, really uh, incredibly um, moving portrayal of, of, of love uh, all across the globe. Uh, when you disfire apart the different kinds of love, the different kinds of connections deserves to be seen as as just one of the great movies of the year and an incredible debut feature as well. Wow, beautifully said. You should you should host an award show sometime, Ewan. <laughs> I'll great. get on stage. I'll do a bit. I'll tell the movies that no one's used to movies. No one goes to the movies anymore. How about some movie time? Cinema's dead. Marvel's ruining cinema. Against all of the other precursors of, of other award show, where this category comes very last, because it's the biggest hype, uh, for the best movie of the year, we're, we're doing it second in our show, because after the fuck debut, it, let's do it second. comes the other movies. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it second, exactly. Yes, so, uh, yeah, best movies of the year. Uh, again, I feel like there's going to be a ton of overlap with our actual top 10, so you get a slight spoiler here of a video that's coming out uh, later this week. By the way, my nominees are not my top 10. Uh, I made this oh, okay. uh, as in like best movie, as if it was like an Oscars. So like, they're pretty right. much all Oscar baity movies. I didn't do a single like oh, okay. indie. I like my number one movie of the year, spoiler, it's Boy and the Heron and I didn't put it in here. So I'm just being mm -hmm. a little bit of a 
a cheeky bloke and I'm, I'm and I'm just doing a different thing for this video so not all the content is the same but here we go from 10 to 1 this is no particular order but I listed it anyway so I guess I'm going from 10 to 1 this is literally in no particular order okay like literally <laughs> yeah, there's no particular such order such a chaotic for award show you can never predict it someone might get How slapped you never I... know what happens wait what did I vote for this one you I think you voted the movie that you didn't even have in your nominees <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is, <laughs> which is worse than La La Land and and uh, and Moonlight oh, combined. I'm gonna is do it, it anyway. <laughs> all right, here's my top ten. Here's my top ten. All right. No. Yeah. <laughs> Napoleon, Spider Man mm -hmm. Across the Spider Verse, Maestro, The Zone of Interest, Poor Things, Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon. And perfect days. <laughs> I, I love how you enunciate it the same way that they do when they yeah, announce I'm trying, it. I'm trying to make this official. Okay. And the award <laughs> goes to the boy and the heron. It wasn't even the not of me. I didn't even <laughs> write it. I just wrote it down. Uh, no, that's, I feel like that's cheating. I feel like I shouldn't have done that. I think I just wrote it there and, and then I wrote down my nominees last and I forgot to put it in there because I was like, oh, I'll change it. You know what? You know I what? actually got the reveal here. I put it down because I knew it was your favorite movie of the year. So I put down you. Boy and the Heron. You. And you, never, you never fixed it. Uh, you yeah, are the reason I just... that I am Steve Harveying this right now so hard. Uh, I was the guy who handed the wrong en envelope to you uh, so... So for the whole fiasco, yeah. Best movie? Fuck, I'm just going to say Boy in the Heron. Just, I keep it as my number one. I guess I'm fucking <laughs> set up Still, for nothing. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with better. mine. No, that's that's fine. It's not like it's the biggest category or anything. Um. All right. So my... my uh, I'll just go from 10 to 1 as well. And number 1, I guess, is just like the best movie. Number 10, Killers of the Flower Moon. Number 9... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, number eight, About Dry Grasses. Number seven, Oppenheimer. Number six, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Number five, Poor Things. Number five, and uh, number four, The Zone of Interest. Number three, Past Lives. Number two, May, December. And number one, Perfect Days. So that's my winner. That's the best movie of the year. Woo! I think we've already talked about a ton of these films before. And if you are someone who listens to the podcast, you kind of know. Uh, already that we like these films so we'd like to focus on uh, the other categories some other highlights in film what we appreciate what we uh, typically don't get to see as much at award shows although they do try to have the popular category uh, the box office type-ish categories we have it at the Globes this year as well uh, so let's talk about something that's less art house if you look at my list there's a ton of art house stuff if you go to the theater and you just want to be entertained you hop on the couch and you just want something to keep you company for like an hour or two these are the best entertaining movies of the year all right Lachlan <laughs> all right Lachlan uh should I go first with my list of nominees yeah um, let me wrap my nominees down <laughs> How, how about we, you write on this show for most entertaining movie of the year? We don't care if it... If it, if it I'm doing yeah, a bit. Let me do my bit. You, you, you read out your things and say you're a winner and I'll write down my nominees. All right. So my nominees for best entertainment movies. Uh, best, 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 best movie entertainment. Best entertain... Entertain me. Barbie. The Creator. Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 3. John Wick. Chapter 4. Joyride. 
Poor Things, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And the winner is a tie. I, I have two winners. John Wick Chapter 4 and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse are my two winners for uh, the best entertaining movies of the year. Wow. Yeah. Shocker. Again, no particular order. I, 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 for some reason, I listed it again in one. I should just do dashes next time because I keep writing one to five or whatever. But here are my nominees for most entertaining movie of the year. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. John Wick 4. Fast X. And Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. And my award for most entertaining movie goes to John Wick Chapter 4. Wow. Can you please nice. applaud while I get my, my, yep. my, my thing ready? So accepting this award is my steel book of John Wick 4 that's also <laughs> red. Wow, it matches. Oh, wow. And so he's red. accepting my only, one of my only trophies I've got, which is my runner-up <laughs> uh, swimming champion uh, boy award. Yeah. Uh, he gets that for most entertaining. Mm -hmm. Wow. Nice. Wow. Incredible stuff. Wow. Yeah. It's so <laughs> that hit the... Oh, my God. Okay. Um. Yeah. Lots of solid entertaining movies that came out this year. Uh, maybe not from the people you'd most expect it that are at the top of, top of the box office of this year even. Um, but some really great movies. But let's talk about something less entertaining. The disappointments. Now, instead of highlighting the worst of the worst that came out this year, we'd rather tell you about the films that we were excited about and that ultimately didn't really live up to the potential we saw in them and we were underwhelmed by what we got. So, uh, Lachlan, what are your uh, nominees for biggest disappointment of 2023? So, my nominees are Rebel Moon, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Saltburn, Napoleon, The Creator, and only the river flows. Was Napoleon did have a like? Was that a question? Is it, is it because they were waiting for the director's cut or? Uh yeah, because <laughs> it's like I don't think it's the worst, but like it was just a yeah. you know I w I'm hoping for a better one. I might do a live change here, Ewan. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. I don't think anyone saw this one coming. I've currently got down Rebel Moon mm -hmm. as my biggest disappointment. I think it's yeah. because I rode like the bandwagon to like the hype of this movie. Yeah, you know. Zack Schneider, ex-Star Wars movie, visual god, which the movie is visually stunning, but everything mm -hmm. else about the film is pretty, pretty trash, and that's, that's the biggest letdown, but yeah. I forgot that I wrote Only the River Flows, which is a movie we saw in Cannes mm. that had mm -hmm. so much potential, like visually yeah. stunning and like narratively like solid, and then it goes into this weird, wacky direction, and ultimately... Mm -hmm was a bit disappointing. Um, with some better direction and guidance, that film could, could have been better. But also, that could just make it a cult classic in like 10, 20 years' time. So, you know what? I'm sticking with my answer. Rebel Moon. Rebel Moon <laughs> will be the biggest disappointment of the year. My yeah, God, yeah. what a dumpster fire that was. Yeah, it was really bad. I thought that won't even would... become a cult classic. No, it definitely won't. I thought you were going to go for Indiana Jones because, uh, I mean, you were big indiana jones fan but I, I guess there was something in it it wasn't as like it wasn't horrible <sighs> you know what it was it's that action sequence at the start it like that's yeah. totally indiana jones and yeah. don't you worry ewan because indiana jones oh. will come up later in oh this uh award ceremony so Exciting. i'm saving that i'm saving that uh indiana jones 
uh, award that they're gonna get. So you hold, yeah. you hold out, hold out. I'll, I'll hold out. Uh, Only the river flows. I think is about to come out in. I, I saw in Australia uh, in theaters. I don't know about any other places. Um, it's gonna get like a really. It, it's definitely a small film, and it would also qualify for an upcoming award here as well. But uh, we'll get to that in meantime. In uh, we'll get to that in due time. Um, for me, the June time. No, due June's time. coming it's, out. Oh, due no. time. Sorry. I got excited. I thought we were talking about June for a second. June time! It's the intermission where they play trailers and it's obviously sponsored by different distributors, but they definitely didn't pay their way into a nomination here. Exactly. Uh, biggest disappointment for me, uh, in no particular order yet, until I reveal my winner, is Bo is Afraid. Uh, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, The Flash, The Little Mermaid, Elemental, 65, and... David Fincher's The Killer. Yes, that is the title. It's not just The Killer, David Fincher's The Killer. Because there's like 20 different movies with the title The Killer. So it can get quite confusing. Um, there's also two with The Little Mermaid, which you might have noticed. It's a live-action remake. Also, another letdown. 65, Adam Driver in like a period piece where it says there's dinosaurs. We were all really hyped for this one at the start of February. And then it was kind of dark shit. Elemental, really didn't like this Pixar uh, movie. Uh, Henry Sugar, after the high of Asteroid City, I was like, okay, let's give me some short stories that I can also just vibe with. Great style. Didn't really like it that much. But to me, the biggest disappointment of the year was Ariasa's Boys Afraid. I had really, really <gasps> high hopes. And the movie wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. It was just really stretched. It was long. And I didn't love it all the way through. So that probably is my biggest dis disappointment of the year. Although I still gave it like a, a, a 7 out of 10. Um, it's a really good That's movie. I just thought it was going to be. Of the year. I thought it was going to be like in my top five or my top ten. Disappointment yeah. Boulevard is literally the movie, like how the movie was called before the name was changed. So I feel like it definitely fits to be the winner of uh, the Disappointment Award. That's um, that's unfortunate, man. I'm sorry to hear it. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. I'm trying to look at your uh your 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 letterbox here, trying to. It's not, it's not like too low on the list. I think it's like in the 50s or 60s somewhere. So you're telling me that you weren't more disappointed by like Rebel Moon? Like you weren't that disappointed? I mean, Aquaman's a No, because I, I knew it was going to... Yeah, I thought it was like, that's going to be Zack Snyder. It's not going to be for me. I was like excited that you were excited about it, but I was never really that excited about it. Um, so I, I knew it was going to underwhelm me that it wasn't going to be for me. And then it just was like a really bad movie. I think one film that I was hoping would be better was The Flash. I really thought, hey, the story uh, that they're doing here is a really iconic, not just Flash story, but, but a DC story that they're doing here. And they just got it completely wrong. Uh, so uh, The Flash is going to get mentioned later on again as well. But uh, that was not a huge letdown. Uh, when it's actually a bad movie, maybe The Flash would be the bigger disappointment than Bo is Afraid. Because it's, mm. it's just my expectations, ultimately. Um, yeah. It's not about, like, the worst film of the year. At least for me. Hey, we can see these de categories differently as well. That's just a fun part of, of this True. inaugural version of it. It can just be whatever. Whatever we envision it to be. This would be a great placement to plug, like, for your consideration, Wonka. It can just be whatever. Whatever you want it to be. It's a pure imagination. On another note, with us going to the Gun Film Festival and seeing films there at the world premieres so we gotta get in a couple of flexes while we can um <laughs> while we can uh we went uh we went into these stories without 
with without any expectations or sometimes even having seen anything from the filmmakers beforehand. So uh, let's talk about the uh, some of the pleasant surprises of the year. Lachlan, what are your nominees for the surprise hits of 2023? There was a couple of films that I didn't have on my radar and all of a sudden they just popped up like a trailer came out or maybe you talked about it uh, and I had no idea it was coming out and it was just suggested or something. So there, there was a lot of films that I could be just blown away by. But there was three nominees that I wanted to give special mention to. First one would be Godzilla Minus One. That one came out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden there's a Godzilla movie coming out and that thing just blew me away. It was wild. Then there was No One Will Save You. Ewan told me about it on a podcast many weeks back. And I was like, oh, I'll give that a shot. And then realized it was on Disney+. Plus. Just watched it randomly one night and pleasantly, pleasantly enjoyed it. But there is no movie that surprised me more than one particular one. If you watch the top 10 list videos, then you'll see this one coming. Because mm-hmm. uh, I had no idea what this film was about. No idea. Went in blind. Zach Khan. And it gave me an incredibly good time. That movie is like a mirror. That is my second movie of the year. And it was just magical, dreamy, took me by surprise, took me on a journey. That's, a, that's, that's my pick. Because I don't think there's that's anything else pick. that kind of surprised me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually hard to surprise. I'm hard to, to please. Ewan knows hard that. Hard to please. Yeah, yeah. Such a, yeah. I try. I have also have a couple of nominees. Yeah, mainly they are from festivals. There's some ones that weren't from festivals. But that's usually where you uh, get to see those gems first. And hopefully, you know, being uh, underrated and underseen, um, us highlighting them will uh, make some of you watch it uh, yourself. So on my list in no particular order, uh, as far as nominees go, is a slow cobweb. Uh, the version from Kim J1. I know there's two cobwebs out in 2023. It gets a bit confusing. Although this one, I think, just came out in 2024. So maybe that helps in you trying to find it. Uh, you Heard My Feelings, The Promised Land, Stolen, and How to Have Sex. I think all of these films are really, really uh, entertaining in their own respect. Slow is about a relationship between someone who is asexual and someone who's not. Cobweb is uh, a wild story on a movie set that just like continuously escalates into more uh, entertaining shenanigans. And Song Kang Ho, uh, who some people might know from Parasite, is in the lead role here and he's magnificent, so entertaining. Uh, you Have My Feelings, another uh, character uh, thing between Julia Lewis Dreyfus and her husband, that I'm blanking on the name of the guy who plays her husband, but that's. Uh, super well done in a 24 movie. The Promised Land, uh, saw this one in Venice. Mats Mikkelsen, a Danish period piece. Wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. And then uh, probably the biggest surprise, it, but not actually my winner, is Stolen. Uh, Kevin and I walked into this one just trying to fill up our schedule in Venice. I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll go see this Indian film. Had no expectations. And then this movie, it just really worked. It was like one entertainment ride after the other. It just kind of built and built. There was a lot of good tension. There was some good action. It's just a really solid film that I think less than 500 people have locked on Letterboxd. So I don't think a lot of people know about this one yet. But my winner of the category is uh, a debut feature that premiered in Gun, How to Have Sex. I think it was picked up by Mubi and you can see it. 
um, in most places now, but I think it's just a really, really solid movie. Won the category there for Un Sorte de Regard, like a, like a, a spotlight section um, in Gun, and I think it deserves it very much. Loved How to Have Sex. You know, some of these recordings go on for quite a bit. Yeah. What's your longest yap, recording? Yap, yap What's it. our longest recording? It's like I think hours, it was right? the ones that you definitely weren't on. Yeah, it was the ones with two yappers, with me and Kevin. Um, and then we managed to talk about, like, with Ghent and Venice, we both had mm. two recordings that were over three hours long. But we also watched wow. some long movies this year, uh, Lachlan, especially yeah. in Gun. Um, yep. There were four that were over three hours long, well over three wow. hours as well. And there was, wow. like, two that were over four hours long, actually. Uh, so this is our award for those uh, long movies that ended up working. And, I mean, I mean, if you look at the nominees... There's some good Basically, nominees. It's the same nominees. It's the same nominees. We we do have we do have the same winner, and there's, there's only like by a small margin. John Wick is only 170 minutes, so we, we were like three hour plus. Then it's a really long movie. Then you qualify. Bo is afraid. There's also like barely, I guess, could be considered it's 179 minutes. But four movies, all of them we saw. Not all of them we saw in Gun, I guess. Three, only one. One of them we don't want to mention because it was really bad. <laughs> oh, I know the one you're talking about. We should put yeah. that as a nominee. We should put that as Youth. a nominee. All right, Youth Spring gets a, yeah, an honorable nominee. Youth Spring gets an Chuck honorable... Chuck it out again. Fuck, we should make that the winner. <laughs> no, definitely not. You, you can no, make no, it no, 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 no. Okay, no, I am. To. I literally am because I completely <laughs> forgot about it and I and I have a reason why I'm going to make it the winner. Uh, okay, sure. Well, uh, the rest of our nominees are Occupied City from Steve McQueen, Oppenheimer, About Dry Grasses, and Killers of the Flower Moon. So yeah, Lachlan, do you want to do you want to share your your winner? We we totally yep. don't know what it is. So the reason I'm saying it's youth in bracket spring is because mm-hmm. this category is called long movie, right? And yes. I don't want to refer to it as the best movie that was long. I just want to refer to it as a long movie. Technically, yeah. this movie isn't the longest movie I watched this year, but it really? felt like the longest movie I watched this year. It <laughs> it. It ran for a long, long time. How's your neck, Lachlan? My neck is sore because I watched it like three rows from the front. I feel bad for people who are right at the front, but like, I'm just going to say right now, I'm just going to say it right here, right now. Youth Spring is the longest. It, originally, my answer, my, like my award was going to go to Oppenheimer. I think that was like the mm-hmm. best long movie, but Youth yeah. Spring is the longest movie this year. My God. We, we went over the nominees. I'm going to just going to announce my winner, which is... Oppenheimer. I'm gonna go with the one that is just like, just at three hours, 180 minutes to the on the point. Uh, I think about dry grasses probably ranks higher in my rating, but when it comes to using its runtime efficiently and densely and in an entertaining way, I think Oppenheimer is the best long movie that uh is worth its runtime. I think with about dry grasses, you really gotta be patient. I think with Oppenheimer. You can just enjoy it if you're a general moviegoer and you're not really on the outhouse front as well. So that's why, for me, it is the best long movie. 212 minutes. Oh, my God. It was 212 was... minutes. 212 minutes. That makes it not the longest movie. Occupied City was actually 262 minutes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was four and a half hours. Yeah, and we watched that and technically, like one day and technically, apart. technically, we were in the cinema longer because we were there at least half an hour beforehand. And yeah. there was a 30-minute intermission in between. So we were in that cinema for I was like five, an entire morning. 
Yeah. Five, well, no, if we, hang on, if we did that, it was four and a half hours, we are there for half an hour beforehand, brings us to five hours, five and a half hours, but didn't we stay for the applause at the end? So we're probably there for a good we were five s- hours and 40, let's just run it up to six. We were there for six hours. We were there for the entirety of 2023. My God. Uh, my God. Uh, hey, well, how long was Oppenheimer? <laughs> uh, three hours on the dot, one and 180. <sighs> yeah. Oppenheimer doesn't even come close to being a long movie once you've watched Youth of Spring. <laughs> it's so sweet, thank you, actually. Thank you for whoever decided to put Youth Spring at Khan. Thank you to Wang Bing for making me watch Youth in Brackets Spring because without Youth in Brackets Spring, I probably wouldn't have been able to make it through Oppenheimer. I probably wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to make it through Killers of a Flower Moon. You set the target of long movie and you said yes. You've you've become youth from youth spring. You've moved into adult summer. That's that's basically how long it took to finish Beautiful. the film. Beautiful. Yeah. Sometimes it takes just way too long to end, but uh, in many cases, it's the best thing about the film, especially if the movie is long. It has to nail the ending. So, Lachlan, what were uh, this year's best endings without without spoiling them? Maybe if we can. So there were a number of movies that I thought had a fantastic ending mm-hmm. this year. Whilst I don't think it actually was a year for good endings, I actually think a lot of films kind of fucked it towards the end. Uh, I feel like that's the vibe. I have a lot of memories of, like, I mean, the great example is, like, The Boy and the Heron has, like, a weird, like, egg yeah. exit thing at the end, and I'm just going to ignore that mm-hmm. <laughs> and just pretend the film end like, 30 seconds before that scene happens. But, like, there were a few films that had some pretty good endings. And for yeah, me, yeah. my nominees are, there's only four that I think of. Mm-hmm. And, th- and those are John Wick, Chapter 4, Talk to Me, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, and The Zone of Interest. And the award goes to The Zone of Interest. What a fantastic ending. What a fantastic, oh, yeah. strong, thought-provoking uh, ending to a film that was just spectacularly crafted, spectacular from the start to the end. Performances were incredible. I prefer this performance over Anatomy of a Fall. Um, with From Sandra, Sandra Huller. Huller. Wow, wow, everyone. Okay. Everyone, yeah. wow. What? Hate me. Yep. I mean, Anatomy of the Fall was great. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just vibed with this one more. Ten years since making your last movie, and then Jonathan Glazer pulls out this one. It's like, man. There are, there are particular creators, like Jonathan Glazer, like, uh, who... who a particular did, uh, set of skills. What's their name? I mean, Miyazaki's another good one. Uh, but what's yeah. the who's the person who did uh when you talk about Kevin and um you're never really here? Uh yeah, yeah. Nah. why is her the, name not coming to me right now? Uh, Lynn Ramsey. Lynn Ramsey. That's it. She's spectacular. She makes a movie like every other fucking like decade. There are particular creatives in this industry who just make a movie every so often and they're just spectacular. This was one of them. And if Jonathan Glazer wants to go in hibernation for the next 10 years and just pull out another one, like, I'm happy for that because this was incredible. And the ending yep. was so, so strong. But enough of my rambling about uh, endings, Ewan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, End this it. is one where, like, you know, the zone of interest where people maybe haven't even seen the film yet. So um, I'm going to be yeah. super keen for more people to see it. Um, uh, th- there's one overlap. Anything. No, no, no spoilers. Uh, there's one overlap from both of our nominees. I also have four. Talk to me. I think really ends this horror film solidly, where the stories end for for our characters in a super well way, without like 
compromising on, hey, this is a, a universe that can be fleshed out with the scenario that's set up, trying to be really non-specific here. It is. I mean, it literally is. And I like that the two in the middle, two is, is the two. That's, I mean, I like that. And it's a hand. Just really solid all around. A smaller film, Blackbird, Blackbird, Blackberry, Blackberry has a, a really small uh, Swiss-Georgian co-production. And it just ends. Uh, and that movie has really stuck with me. Uh, the way that it ends, uh, how, yeah, I, I don't want to spoil it. Go check it out if you can. I think you can uh, rent it or, or buy it in places. Past Lives. Yeah, no, I don't want to spoil it. Don't want to spoil it. It's just like, it's perfect. The, the music, everything, the whole atmosphere. And then Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, I think that's one where everyone has kind of heard uh, stuff about it. The discussion has been really open about uh, Scorsese uh, appearing. And I think it really uh, helps the whole uh, narrative structure of the film. Where when I first saw it in Gun, I was like, what the fuck? And on the rewatch, I was like, oh yeah, this makes a ton of sense why uh, he needs to be there in this moment. But to me, the best ending of the year goes to Past Lives. Uh, it's the one that... Uh, has emotionally moved me. I mean, if you think about this movie in the back here, which was my favorite of last year, I'm sobbing. I'm sobbing. Like, sobbing. Even if you bring that up, or like, show me a clip of that ending, I'll cry. In past lives, there's something just, like, really beautiful to it, where I'm not, like, crying out of sadness, but just because it, it just kind of comes together in this weirdly beautiful cinematic way. And, yeah. That's why it's my favorite ending of the year. All right, let's uh, circle back from the last page on screen to the first one and everything in between. What were the best screenplays of the year, Lachlan? Wow, Ewan, I'm so glad that you segued into screenplays because we have an incredible show note to read from. Uh, so shout out yes. to the best screenwriter of the year, uh, Ewan. Um, you're welcome, mate. So I've got a couple of nominees, one really shocking one, and uh, the others uh, mm. kind of all expected. But my no okay. nominees go like this. Anatomy of a Fall, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Poor Things, and Saltburn. What? What? Saltburn for best screenplay? What? There's my yeah. controversial uh, <laughs> entry. Yeah. There always uh -huh. has to be a bit of drama, you know? Yeah. Um, by uh, the yeah. way, you might have noticed this is, this is not, you know, original or adapted. Because who the fuck yeah. cares if it was written from someone's mind or someone read something and got inspired by it? Someone's writing that. Someone's got to yeah. come up with that. It's really just how it all kind of comes together. And Saltburn doesn't do that, but I'm putting it in here for fucking shits and giggles. <laughs> but my nominee winner... Of best screenplay. Fuck, I had a stroke for a second there. Jeez, did you hear that? <laughs> the How do people winner, do this yeah. live? Man, if we do this, we should do I this mean... live next year. Wouldn't that be incredible? Sure, sure. It would be. Is oh that my God, too much to trigger. promise? There's so many wires. I mean, if we don't do it in person, it would be so hard because there's also a delay between the two of us. And The like, delay makes it the... better, Ewan. <laughs> makes, yes. We can edit out the delay. Live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Fuck it, we'll do it live. There we go. All right, so the winner of a best screenplay from me goes to Oppenheimer. What? Oh, let's go. No way. And Oppenheimer is going to get. Um, should I give it a footy? Uh, I've got. I've got it. another. I've got a, another swimming award. I've got a footy and I've got a cricket 
uh, trophy. And I've got some medals as well. What should I give it? Uh, which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? Which one? The cricket one. The cricket one. Cricket one? All right, cool. Yeah. It's teeny, it's teeny tiny. Look, I give it the cricket award um, uh, for best screenplay. For the cricket Congratulations, Oppenheimer. When there's no sound for a bit and then it just oh. comes back really loud. Which was written That's... to the screenplay. Yeah. That's the good screenplay screenwriting. Is, is also, yeah. I, I don't know if, if you've been reading some of the screenplays, but... Uh, I did. The, yeah, I, yeah, Oppenheimer written in the first perspective. Uh, really interesting there. Uh, I think it's been a really solid year for well-written films that are also incredibly well-directed. That's, feel, that, that, like, that's why the screenplay and directing was, for me, the hardest to choose just a film. Um, but here are my nominees. We got Maestro, Bottoms, Origin, Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, Poor Things, and May December. I would also include Hitman here, but because it hasn't really come out yet, I think that is a really, really solid screenplay in there. But I mean, it's it's not the movie's not even out yet. I haven't had not fair. A I can't to, even see it. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair. So um, yeah, a solid list of nominees. I think The Zone of Interest deserves uh, another shout out here because it has two screenplays, just one alone for the sound design, which I think is is really incredible. Bottoms, uh, I think just like. I read through some of, of that as well. And it's just, it's, it's really chaotic the way it's spelled out. And you wouldn't really think that a lot of it is uh, scripted out. It feels improvised, but a lot of it is actually on the page. Uh, origin for adapting a, a thesis paper, an academic paper into uh, a screenplay. I think it does that super capably. Anatomy of a Fall, solid, past lives, incredible, poor things. But the winner to me, surprising to some, is May-December. I I just really like what? how it's written, how it comes together. Yes, no to way. me it's my favorite. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Right. He's not surprised at all. I feel like he's faking being surprised. It's almost as good as an actress as uh, as Julianne Moore and um fuck, what's her name? I always blank on her name. Natalie Portman? Always... Are you referring Nat to I Natalie always... Portman? I always think How do you Natalie forget Portman? Natalie Portman's Nic name? I always think Nicole Kidman for some reason. Um, what? I mix those two up. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think because they both start with. Do you think N. Nicole Kidman was in Star Wars? No, I never mix those two people up. But I can never think of Natalie Portman's name. I don't know what it is. So uh, when you're watching Star Wars and you're like, oh yeah, you know, in episode I think I've one, clarified that I when don't think Nicole that, Kidman comes out, it's like what? What it makes no why sense? Why is she Aussie? Why? Is, yeah, I I imagine the Star Wars scene is oh, like a yeah. witch over with. We can get that fixed up for you. <laughs> can you imagine? She had an Aussie accent. If Padme had an Aussie accent. Why can't I'm too old for you? I can't do Aussie. Horrible. Anyways. That was brilliant. Can you do it again? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm good. I just want to. I just want. I just want the scene where they're just like, I hate sand. Sand's coarse, and she's like, Oh yeah, nah, mate. My, you're not for me then, because you're fucking surrounded by water. So. You know, sand's going to be like inevitable in Australia unless you live in the middle of nowhere, but there's still kind of sand there as well, so I'm sorry. That's got to be a deal breaker for me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We got the words on screen, uh, but how do yep. you bring them from page onto the screen? You got to use vessels. Oh, yep, that <laughs> we'll, too. We'll take a printer. Yeah, the PNG, here's Jimmy Kimmel is back. These actor and actresses brought the words to life. Let's start out with the supporting poems. <laughs> Let's start out with the supporting performances of the year uh all genders we don't have uh separate uh, categories for 
actress and actresses. They're all just one pool. Honorable mentions, man. I got go some. Ahead. I know you only have a couple, but I'll go through my nominees first. Again, only honorable mentions here. Divine uh, J. Randolph in The Holdovers. Rosamund Pike in Saltburn. John uh, Magaro in Past Lives. Glenn Howerton in Blackberry. And Jeremy Allen White in The Iron Claw. Now, my actual nominees are Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things, Willem Dafoe in Poor Things, Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, Charles Melton in May-December, Julianne Moore in May-December, and Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer. Lachlan, what about you? What are your nominees? I'm not going to reveal what three. my winner is in. There's only three yeah. supporting roles. Only men. And for, okay, from Okay. Hang on a second here. Hang on a second here. <laughs> he likes only men. There are there are a few front runners for supporting actress at the Oscars right now. I know yeah. one of them. I know like three of them are from movies I haven't even seen, which is The Color Purple, The Holdovers, and uh, Nyad, the one with Jodie Foster in it. I know Jodie Foster's in like the Jodie Foster's all right, but it's not an awards performance. She's right, decent. so. She's I haven't seen some of those. I haven't seen those ones, right? The only other one is Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer, and I wasn't blown away by Emily Blunt's performance, okay? Neither, now, yeah. the people I have nominated here, the only reason I've nominated them is not because they're just men, Ewan. Jesus. It's 2024, man. Get real. It's the fact that these performers complemented the main actor, actress on the screen mm-hmm. and didn't necessarily overpower that main performance, but complemented them quite well and stood on their yeah. own feet. Mm-hmm. That is Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, and Ryan Gosling in Barbie. Let's go, yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Uh, they definitely um, add to it. They're, they're supporting. They're, they're supporting yeah. the main performance. I, I like that twist on the and thing. Uh, I understand yeah. that like Julianne Moore, for Best Supporting Actress, and Natalie Portman, uh, sorry, and Natalie Portman is like uh, best Please. actress. But yeah. my, my problem is that I find that both of those characters are on screen for the same amount of time. So I'd kind of consider yeah. them both leads. They're but like then leads, yeah. I feel like they're I, it's just the type of the movie. They're trying to outdo each other. And I don't yeah. really feel like one is complimenting the other. But like, anyway, fair, yeah. that's just, yeah, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I watched May, December and I fell asleep. I'm sorry. I mean, it was your sixth, seventh, seventh movie of the day. I don't blame you for that. And you also rewatched it for our review, which you can go check out. It's one of my favorites of the year. But what takes the cake for uh, best supporting performance in your book? Best supporting goes to Ryan Ruffalo Jr. That's right. I'm combining all three because I feel like all three did an incredible performance, meaning that yeah. Ryan Ruffalo Jr. won it for their movie Barpoheimer. Uh, incredible. Barpoheimer. They all did an incredible job. I tried to also get Willem Dafoe included on that one, but then I thought, like, that's just way too complicated for me to do, like, Barpoheimer thing ings. Barpoheimer ings. And then I was like, how do I get Willem... Anyway, he gets a shout-out because he did a great job. Super underrated Mm -hmm. uh, nominee uh, in the supporting side. But, yeah, uh, I feel like all of those... Guys, they did an incredible job. I, I say guys as not as like the gender, but just like those people did an incredible was, job supporting yeah. the main performer in their role and did an incredible job. And if they had their own spin off, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. 
I would not watch the spin-off for, for my elite performance of the year from Julianne Moore in May-December. That's my favorite supporting uh, here. I think we've seen more than enough of, of this person. Um, but it's so yep. darn intriguing, man. It's so well done. I think this, similar to the layered performances, uh, maybe that uh, layered uh, Emma Stone um, gives in Poor Things, in May-December, you have so much going on in, on the inside with these characters other than the words that they speak. And I think that uh, Portman, Moore, Melton, every, all of them just really bring the best out of, out of the characters and uh, in service of the story. Uh, so yeah, that's my favorite. But before we get to the lead performances, you might have thought, oh, supporting, now they're going to get to lead. No, no, no. We have a different category because we also want to highlight some characters that were not played by humans so uh exactly. Lachlan, what are your nominees for uh your the best uh non-human characters um such a dumb category uh <laughs> yeah i'm so glad i'm so glad we we thought of this so my my nominees are the heron from boy and the heron mm-hmm. um the dog in anatomy of a fall <laughs> um the meg in meg to the trench yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and finally Godzilla in Godzilla mm. minus 1. Yeah. So the the award goes to Godzilla because mm. he was incredible. He killed the the, he, he killed the, the performance. <laughs> you could see it in his eyes, the the raw performance. Yeah. He was He was um, real charged up. Method acting uh, for mm-hmm. a couple years uh, to get into the role. We obviously saw him go on a tangent. He did some weird roles. You know, he, he, he's, he's a performer. He does everything live action. And to see mm-hmm. those recent Hollywood spin-off CGI messes of Godzilla, you know, I, I really felt bad for the guy. It was good to see him get to his roots and, and do a story yeah. that was close to his heart of murdering the Japanese. I mean... <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's, ba- it's great to see Daniel Day-Lewis back to work. Method yeah, it's incredible seeing him back to work. Um, just walking up, yeah. you know. It, it's, it's, it's incredible to see how much makeup can make Christian Bale look like Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was a, you know, Dick Cheney in, 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 what was that movie called? Yeah. Cheney? Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney and Dick Cheney. I don't know. I was just thinking, I, I thought it was, was Gary called. Oldman, but, but I, I guess it was a Christian Bale yeah. as Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. American version directed by Ronald uh, Emmerich, maybe. So, uh, yeah, my, my, my yep. award goes to the Godzilla. Yeah. There's, there's a ton of animals and, and other creatures in, in movies, especially dogs. There was a dog in the Old Oak and Wrath of Becky and Fallen Leaves and Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, there were weird creatures in Landscape with Invisible Hand that used to hands to make like some weird noises there was also a dog in john wick bunch of dogs in dogmen from luke besson uh dogs with moving mouths and strays uh a sloth in slaughter house and of course a bear in cocaine bear uh but my nominees are godzilla in minus one uh godzilla in minus one yes okay that's that's yeah that's what i'm we're gonna stick with the dog in anatomy of a fall and the dog in fallen leaves and the award of best Animal, whatever, goes to the dog in Anatomy of a Fall. 
and whatever. It's it, yeah, it's 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 animals or whatever. So yeah, <laughs> those are our winners. So let's get to the best uh, lead performances of the year. Now, Lachlan said like, "Ooh, there's no women in your list." In lead performances, my God, uh, there's a great lineup when it comes to uh, some of the women on screen. I got a couple of honorable mentions. I don't know if they pop up on your list. I know you stuck to five nominees. You were I I couldn't limit myself, so there's definitely more than that. But uh, my honorable mentions are Greta Lee in Past Lives, Kaylee Spaney in Priscilla, Anjani Ellis Taylor in Origin, Jessica Chastain in Memory, Carrie Mulligan in Maestro, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Theo Yo in Past Lives, and Mats Mikkelsen in The Promised Land. Lachlan, what are your nominees? So, my nominees for lead are Emma Stone in Poor Things, Bradley Cooper in Maestro, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Carrie Mulligan, Maestro. Mm, she made All it into your top five. Incredible performances. Uh, yep. Maestro was one of the last films I got to see last year, mm -hmm. uh, during 2023, like the year. And both Bradley and, and, and Carrie Mulligan made it into my, you know, like, honorable mentions and, and, and performances uh, in, in, in this film. They're both nominated. They're going head-to-head. -head. What I will say is uh, I had to give Bradley the nom because, man, he is trying hard for an Oscar here. Like, my God. Like, he is <laughs> trying so hard. He, he is going Rami Malek, Bohemian Rhapsody hard uh, mm -hmm. in this film uh, as, as uh, the conductor, whose name I cannot remember. Leonard Bernstein. That's the one. I know you're yeah. into this kind of music, you and I know it. I know it. Uh, but uh, I, yes. Carrie Mulligan does an even more incredible job uh, in mm -hmm. her role, and that was incredible. Yeah. But it does not beat one particular performer on my list, mm -hmm. and that performer is Emma Stone in Poor Things. I was captivated from the start. This is the run. I want to see Emma Stone get that Oscar, get up on stage, and go for the gold uh, because. Yeah, that was a good performance. I really enjoyed it. Emma Stone. Emma Stone, baby. A good, good winner. Uh, she's actually my, my runner-up. I would have her second to, to my winner, but she doesn't win in my category. She's also one of the nominees alongside Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, Sandra Hula in Anatomy of a Fall, Kochi Yakusho in Perfect Days, Natalie Portman in May, December, Bradley Cooper as well, in Maestro and Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon. Lots of great performances, but uh, my favorite movie, uh, my favorite performance from a lead character in a movie this year came from Sandra Hurla in Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, I think she was really solid. She would have deserved to, if that movie hadn't gotten the Pandora, I think she would have been a clear winner of uh, the Best, uh, Best Actress Award at that festival. Although I didn't love movie as much as some other people did after it won the palm um i think her performance always stood out as uh very very incredibly solid so sandra hula for me and i got to interview her you can go check out my interview with a bit of a flex here <laughs> gotta gotta bring in a couple of flexes luckily of course wow um but yeah someone interviewed sandra hula what the fuck whoever whatever <laughs> and i'm hosting Anyways. the quiet on set awards so 
you're wearing a red suit. I wasn't a, wearing a red suit when I was interviewing her. So so you you got that going for you. Shame. Um, speaking of incredible performances, uh, let's get to the category that's already a classic. Uh, it's got to be yet to be implemented in an actual award show. But um, Lachlan, you, you came up with this one, and um, it's a bit Thank of you. a head scratcher. But it's a yeah. it's it's the best line in a Fast and Furious movie. Yes, correct. So that that's an award. Um, that's an award. Are there any nominees? Or, or uh, is it just, there's only is it one. Just there's a, only one winner. There's only one fact, line. Of I don't Fast even think you, I don't even think you wrote anything down. I wrote something. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll give mine in a second, but uh, you can go with you with yours first. Thank you. So there is a scene in uh, Fast and Furious Ten, which came out last year in 2023, where uh, they're on a bridge. Dom mm -hmm. throws. I can't remember Jason Momoa's character's name. Jason Momoa against a car. Jason Momoa goes, you don't know your own strength. And then he reaches into his mouth. This is Jason Momoa. Mm -hmm. Pulls out a tooth. He then throws that tooth at Dom and says the following line. You butthole. Wow. That's it. Chills. Chills. That's the best, that's the best line in a <laughs> Why Fast was that not in your movie. screenplay? Why was that not uh, in, in because your Because it has to be the whole, the whole movie has to be like that. That is just oh, the best yeah. moment in, in the film. Okay. Um, the so rest yeah. of it gets excess, excess on American exactly. Idol or whatever. Uh, great, great winner. I also have Thank you. Uh, a couple here. I have a couple of nominees for the best lines. Uh, and you can decide yourself which one wins. One of them is Han going, I don't care if you're sick as a dog or in bed with Beyonce. I call, you show. Another one is also Han. 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. And the winner is Twinkie says, do you know what DK means? And Sean goes, Donkey Kong. Huh? The, that's my winner. Best line. The best, best line, line of Fast and Furious Fast and movie. Furious. We'll see you next year for the next year of best line in a Fast and Furious movie. Yes, I tried really hard to find one in Fast X. I just couldn't find one. So, so I think difficult. in the timeline, probably Tokyo Drift is probably said like in 2030. Um, I know to be fair, I did take around. the best line from Fast 10. Sorry. It, you butthole is is a good line. Uh, that is, it's all good. Let's uh, let's keep on that hot streak of, of great, uh, innovative, different categories. And <laughs> what's the best title a movie has had this year? The best title. Well, I've yes. got three nominees, and my nominee, sorry, my winner is not one of the nom nominees. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just going to shout out. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't understand how this award thing works. I just kind of sh shout yeah. out people. No, uh, how to have sex. Stage. Very, very uh, bold title, and really engages you. and makes you go, fuck, I want to watch this movie. Cause, uh, how do I have sex? Got yeah. a lot to learn, you know? Then there's mm -hmm, Monster, mm -hmm. because uh, you have no idea what the movie's about. Yeah. And again, it intrigues you because you go, why is it called Monster? Then it hits you and mm -hmm. you go, that's disappointing. The other one was The Zone of Interest because that is just a, that's a hot title. But the winner of best title is not even the official title, but I was so mad that it wasn't called this because I think it's a way better title than Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's Disappointment Boulevard. What a mm -hmm. cool name. Oh, yeah, what a it's great. sick title, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's intriguing. It's cool. It's not even the like it's not even the full spelling of Boulevard. It's like the short spelling of it. It's 
it's such a cool title that we're never going to see, but it gets my award for best title. Hey, props to that. I have a couple of nominees as well. Uh, we just talked about Fast X. Is it also Fast 10? Is it what? Well, how is this going to continue? I, I love how the Fast and Furious franchise has been naming their movies so inconsistently. It's, it's like you could definitely bet. Uh, maybe maybe there is actually like a betting game, you know, on sports, you can bet on the outcomes of scores. Yeah, you bet on what the next Fast and Furious movie is going to be titled as. I also have How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Really gets down to the brass facts. Hey, how do you blow up a pipeline? That's what this movie is about. The Zone of Interest as well. Then I also have The Taste of Things for its 15 different titles that it had. I think in Gun, it had the title of La Passion des Dons de Buffon. Then also The Taste of Things. Then it was also The Pot au Feu. Uh, this movie had so, so many different titles that uh, just choose one of them. Um, past Lives, I think, really encapsulates. I'm, I'm going from serious to kind of not serious back and forth in my nominees, but Past Lives, I think, is such an effective title for what it's going for. Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania, just because it was so uh, long and bad and the movie was also bad, I think the title just encapsulates that, the overextension of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a collective cultural experience. And then May, December, because it uh, I didn't notice, and uh, Cole from the Oxford Expert actually told me this when we were watching another fil film in Cannes, um, that it means like a relationship between people, two people that have a huge age gap. That's what it's called a May, December uh, relationship. And uh, the winner of best title for me is How to Blow Up a Pipeline, because it just gets down to facts, and I, and I like that. It's just like... That's what it is. I mean, luckily, the marketing for these movies is often important, and I don't know why they changed from Disappointment Boulevard to Bo is Afraid. I don't know what is more marketable about Bo is Afraid, but uh, it can often make or break a film, and we saw it this year with Barbenheimer that it can put the butts into seats if it's done right and it just comes up perfectly. And often the first thing that you see for a film is its poster. Uh, there's also often different versions of a poster that we end up liking more. Shout out to letterbox where you as a patreon can change the different styles uh, of your posters but Lachlan let's get to those posters what what are the best posters of this year my nominees are the zone of interest poor things saltburn napoleon and dream scenario mm. and the award for best original poster original goes poster, to okay. saltburn reason i say it because i actually think the saltburn poster is really cool with like the mirror effect and then with um, yeah. Barry Keegan's character just resting on the top corner. Uh, there's a lot to read into with that one. If you want to read deeply into the meaning of Saltburn, mm -hmm. don't read too deeply. It's not that deep. Uh, but what I do want to shout out, more more importantly, are two posters. Now, I don't know if we'll be able to show them. Because, no, we'll be able to show them. Yeah, we can show them because we, we know a copyright. We know the copyright laws. Of two Japanese posters for Boy and the Heron, and John Wick Chapter 4. And these are my favourite posters of the year. I do not care uh, that I just voted Saltburn because I had to get Saltburn out of the way because I thought that out of all the original posters, that one's got a yeah. good one. But these yeah. two posters here are sick. They're so fucking mm -hmm. cool. Especially the John Wick yeah. one. The John Wick one is so simple and I love it. When it comes to original posters, I, I do have a couple of nominees here as well. Bo is Afraid, Talk To Me. Anatomy of a Fall, Poor Things, Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse. Wait, what? Spider-Man, Across the Spider-Verse, uh, The Zone of Interest, and Barbie. Uh, when it comes to original posters, I would give this to Anatomy of a Fall. I think it's really effective showing 
the husband who has fallen, the blood that's spilling into the snow and them standing next to it. When it comes to poses that you can change, I think the bow is a frayed one with the hundreds of eyes that are just staring down at bow. Uh, it's so well done. And there's it's just a couple of different variations of uh, the Across the Spider-Verse posters that are incredible. So uh, shout-outs to, to those, those posters, man. Shout-out to posters. Even the best of marketing couldn't save uh, <laughs> the loss of box office draws that Marvel films had and, and just the, the comic book films uh, overall this year. There were a couple that were successful. We have a category here just for Marvel alone. Uh, just for Marvel. There's definitely not other movies in here. It's the best Marvel just movie. Just for Marvel. Just yeah, just for Marvel. Marvel movie. So, so, so Lachlan, what, what are your nominees for best Marvel movie? Um, well, I'm just going to kind of do it uh, an interesting way for my nominees. Yeah. Let, me just, um, mm-hmm. let me just Google uh, m- Marvel movies that came out this year. But this year, nothing yet. Ah, ha, ha. We're in 2024. Ha, 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 ha. <clears throat> I'll see you next Alrighty. year. Alrighty. Marvel movies that released in 2023. So we've got... This is not a list. This is just a random article. Give me a list. Give me a list. One, two, three, four. All right. So we've got... Oh, my what God. This is, a, this is not what I want. Here we go. Oh, isn't that just a Marvel experience? All right. So we had Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Marvels. Is that it? That is it. And that's, that's it. Uh, and then we have like, what if season two, Secret Invasion, I Am Groot season two, Loki season two. Uh, we also had uh, The Flash, Aquaman. The Flash. We're just, yeah, we're at just one including, point. We're including all of these yeah. fucking things in them. Um, yep. What else do we have that was uh, like a Marvel I mean, Spider-Verse movie. technically is, is Marvel. Well, I, said, um, I, I mean, I, w- I said Spider-Verse. Oh damn! I wasn't paying attention. That's okay. Sorry. So, no, that's okay. Well, I understand. It's, I, I, it's a I, I renamed. Category. I renamed these these Marvel categories. So so it's Bug and B three, the Marvels with a Z at the end, and Guardians of the Disney brand. The that's, death that's, of the Disney that's... brand, don't you mean? Because there's no more Guardians movies coming from James Gunn. The death of the Guardians universe. And the start of the DC yep. one. And let's hope that it's probably a better start than with Aquaman and the Flash because holy fucking shit, those are dumpster fires. Do you reckon they... Right, yeah, that they, was the end. That was the end. Do you reckon the they DC were promoting movie. them with people like, you know, how they're like, Tom Cruise saw the Flash and he says the greatest movie of all time. Do you reckon that was yeah. their strategy to get more butts in the seats to save money because they knew how terrible these movies were? Uh, I, I don't know if Tom Cruise would, um, would take money to, to say that. I, I don't know. No, Tom Cruise said that. that. I know, I know, but I don't know if he said it for money or if he actually. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one to. I, I mean, I don't know Tom Cruise personally, of course. Um, True. But it, yeah, it, it was a whole weird thing Good with guy. with the Flash and the, <laughs> the hype that they were trying to create for it, and it's just like not being there at all. It was just a really weird film. I think Guardians definitely is the best of the Marvel. So that gets a win. It gets the best Marvel award of the year. Guardians free. Yep. I think Guardians for both of us. Me too. Fuck, fuck everything Let, else. Let's move on to something that we're actually excited about. There's a lot of VFX yes. in these uh, superhero films, big blockbusters, but something that stands out to us as well, uh, having a bit of background in shooting some of our own short films is cinematography. And great cinematography can definitely elevate a, a decent film to a great one. Uh, and I mean, I, I already know a movie that's not great that's going to show up in your 
nominees list that because it had great cinematography, you're going to mention it. So, Lachlan, what are your nominees for best cinematography and VFX? Oppenheimer, The Zone of Interest, The Creator, Maestro, Saltburn, John Wick, Chapter 4. Only going to add Anatomy of a Fall and Poor List to those list of nominees. The rest, uh, I know I also have Spider-Verse in there um, as like animated yeah, VFX. Animated. Animated. Uh, there's also, I mean, it still has cinematography in it. But, uh, uh, but yeah, among those nominees, Lachlan, what makes it out to be the winner? For me, it's the creator. Oh, yeah. That film was stunning. That film had incredibly good CGI, and it was made on a pretty low budget. So factoring mm. in that, I'm blown away by how the movie was made for such a low budget and looked that good and looked better than billion dollar movie like the flash and that that yeah. movie looked terrible and it, and it shat all over other marvel movies uh mm-hmm. and it's a great great showing of what you should do and you should not overwork and underpay your vfx artists shocker right maybe uh, plan ahead a, your shots plan that ahead. you want to do yeah yeah, yeah. Or, maybe you can save like 100 million on on your project don't use ai there's there's a good one for you don't use AI. Don't don't digitally create Nicolas Cage in a Superman suit when you could just get Nicolas Cage in a Superman sh- suit. I'm sure that would be yeah a little bit more expensive, but it would look the non consent part on actors that are dead is also uh, kind of icky. Uh, icky. I mean icky. now with the deals uh, over for or, or or done for now for the strikes, I think that there, there are some. Rules yeah. to that a bit more than they have been before that, but it's it's still it still is a um a thing that's in contention for me. It's John Wick Chapter Four. Uh, that John over like four. that's a great yeah, it's so so it's choice. so good. It's so good. Great. And I choice. think these two complement each other Stunning. well. I think it. I think those would be like uh uh one and two. Lachlan, is John Wick Four you runner up to the creator or? Uh, uh definitely john wick uh chapter four is 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 stunning uh but yeah. john wick had a pretty decent budget behind it uh and i think that it was uh it was stunning in its own in I its own way it's that much more than the creator though but i, I ah, guess it's a different type of movie. don't ruin my anyways. fucking my fucking speech Ewan. <laughs> well anyway speaking of the best frames of the year what were the worst ones something that just i've only got really one bad. i've only got one Okay, so you just got the and winner. I made this. I made this category because I wanted to just, just shout out how bad it was. Yeah. Oh, ready for me to go? Yep. Ready? Yeah. No, you can go. You can go. You can go. Yeah. All right. So, if you make your way through, hang on, let me get it up. If you go to Disney Plus right now, there is a movie on Disney Plus. You uh, and are you following along? Sh- yeah. Sure. Yeah. Can you load up Disney Plus, please? I'll I'm load give up everybody Disney. a My- second to load up Disney Plus. Yeah. I can also just put it into the video. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I want but you to play along. I want you to play along, you and play along at okay. home. Because I don't think Disney Plus is is worth getting, so I wouldn't encourage people to get it Jeez. if they don't have it. Just for this, it's really shit. I'm gonna cancel my Disney Plus subscription uh, this year, actually. Now I want you to go to a movie called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Right. Yes. Oh, oh. I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And I want you to go to two hours, three minutes, and 24 seconds. I'm there. This is the moment in 
the movie. He says it beforehand, but this 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 angle's worse. The top down mm-hmm. shot makes him look really pathetic. One of my favorite action heroes, and he says Continental Drift, and it derails the story so hard. I can be- I can believe the other bullshit that happens in this movie, but for for, for Indiana Jones that then go Archimedes was not considering Continental Drift because it wasn't discovered, and then they sorry for spoilers everybody time travel. <laughs> Time makes travel, it the baby. worst frame in proof. this film and makes it the worst frame of the year because it sets up a terrible framework for the rest of the movie because they time yeah. travel back to like a Roman invasion and that was just, yeah, sorry. That, that, that's the worst frame of the year. That was just terrible. That's worst frame for you. I, 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 I can't hear. There's a couple of ones that I saw that were even worse. For most of them... Uh, you, you skipped out on the film. Good on you, Lachlan. With the copyright uh, law, now in the new year, we got Steamboat Willie, right? And there's already like seven projects announced uh, yeah. using that version of Disney. Same happened with Winnie the Pooh. And we got Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, I have a frame in here where it's just Pooh and he's he's bloody mm-hmm. and there's honey. That lighting is so incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, yes. We definitely couldn't have done that. I mean, you sometimes put on your Spider-Man mask just in our own recreational time. Um, and that looks better <laughs> than, than this film. It's an utter shit show. Uh, yes, thank you, Lachlan, very much for the demonstration. It also really, really works nicely with your outfit that you got going on. Um, thank you. There's a frame of MODOK in... Ant-Man and the Wasp, whatever, free. Modoc, the stretch face. Looks it terrible. Looks just horrific. Ghosted, the movie on Apple TV Plus with Anna Dalmas and Chris Evans, where they do a bit about, hey, remember when Chris Evans was Captain America and then Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie pop up and kill each other just as like quick cameos or whatever? So incredibly dumb and really showcases what's what's wrong with the industry right now with cam- cameos and just Cameo them not porn. getting what, what yeah. And that's just what leads me to the actual worst frame of the year, which is all of the Flash cameos that were done without the consent um, and without even a story reason for it them being there. It was just like a PNG still thing, AI on top of the head. And it's like, that's, yes, that was someone who played Superman like 50 years ago. That Cool, cool. Yeah, no, very cool. Those are the worst frames of the year. Yeah, it's kind of perfect that you're wearing the Spider-Man mask because we talk Thank about, you. we'll talk about animation next. We got... Uh, this year, oh, in 2023, we got a new film from Pixar, Disney Studio, Ghibli, Aardman, and uh, a new Spider-Verse movie. So animation was stacked this year. Uh, so here's our nominees for the best animated films of the of the year. Yeah, Lachlan, I, 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 do, you, do you have any un, un nominees? Or, uh, yeah, I've got a couple. I just didn't write them because there wasn't that uh, many crazy animated movies this year. I, mean, I have turned on here. Um, yeah. I think so. Shockingly, I think one of them was Spider-Man. And, and, and yeah. that was a... That was, uh, Cool film, uh, big, big, big animated movie. Uh, Super Mario so Bros. Big. Even bigger, huge, mm-hmm. like one of the most successful movies of the Billion. year in terms of financial money, in terms of real box office dollars. That's what we're talking about here, because that's why we make movies to make money. Yeah, baby. Uh, the Boy and the Heron, incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtle Mayhem. That's a, that's yeah. a pretty, pretty cool movie. And uh, the other one I just want to shout out. Uh, two of them, just really quickly, because I only watched them for like 10 minutes. I didn't actually get to finish either of them. 
Yeah. But uh, Scott Pilgrim, cool animation. I love Scott oh, Pilgrim. Oh, right. The series, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just shouting it out because fucking cool. And uh, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. Uh, I love Chicken Run, yep. the original. I'm excited for stop motion, uh, like real stop motion. I'm taking this fucking yeah. Spider-Man mask off. It's getting hot in this thing. Anyway, my winner for best animated movie is The Boy and the Heron. Wow, incredible stuff. Wow, who would have thought? Wow, who oh would have thought that? Incredible stuff. I got a couple more shout-outs. Robot Dreams about to roll out in theaters uh, soon. Really quaint little story that uh, uses the song September over and over and over again. Uh, but it's so charming. It's a non-dialogue thing. A bit of a, a story between a robot and a dog that spark up a friendship. It's really sweet. Shouldn't work as well as it does. Uh, and Nimona, another underrated gem that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. But I also had a decent time with Super Mario Brothers. It was my favorite. <clears throat> it was my favorite Illumination film, which doesn't say much because I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. Uh, but this was the the one that I was bearable the most. Um, I find it kind of funny that they campaigned as hard to get Peaches for a best song nomination, and it wasn't even shortlisted. It's kind of funny to me. But uh, the best animated film to me, you know, we got the boy and Darren with Luckland, and I'll go with Spider Verse across Spider Verse across Spider Verse. Is my favorite animated of the year. Yes, wow. the, the mask here. Incredible. Um, Incredible. Anyways, let's do another quick one. Um, the music soundtrack score is important in a lot of films. So, what are your favorite uh, soundtracks and scores of the year, Lachlan? Wow, I'm I'm so glad you asked because I have so many soundtrack scores that uh, are wicked. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Barbie, Asteroid City, uh, Spider Man of the Spider Verse, uh, Maestro, Oppenheimer. The Creator, Saltburn, and most recently I've added the Priscilla soundtrack slash score mm -hmm. slash sound thing to my rotation slash of albums that I have. Can't stop and, falling in love uh, with you. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I think there was a, a lot of a really good soundtracks this year. Uh, a yep. few really good scores, but most most movies had a really fun soundtrack. I think Barbie really exploded that uh, sort of mixture of. Because, cause like, the, the score of Barbie was basically just a soundtrack and they got a lot of big artists and there were yeah. a lot of films that used a lot of poppy music. Um, you know, Guardians has always done that, but so did so did Saltburn. And Saltburn's uh, soundtrack is one of the few things that I really enjoyed about it and I'm quite positive of mm -hmm. and I continuously listen to it, like, on repeat. The, the Murder on the Dance Floor song is, like, literally in rotation every day. It's, like, the song I wake up to and I'm just, like, that <laughs> just gives me energy to dance. And do stuff, but um, the the winner for uh my favorite score slash soundtrack, it's actually a really difficult one, <laughs> um, for me to to uh, I might just I'm, he's clearly not making up his should, mind right now. <laughs> should I just do Barb? I might just do Barbie, but like yeah, no, you I'm can't steal mine. Do, I'm gonna have to do oh Barbie. God. It's it's great because it's mine. a mixture of original. It it's is a mixture of like. Remake, it's 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 good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do Barbie. It's Barbie. Hey, I also have a couple of other nominees that I think you didn't mention. Flora and Son has a couple of great songs, more songs than score and soundtrack. Uh, but they're also part of the movie, so I don't know where that falls into. Uh, Boy and the Heron was great. Past Lives, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Spider Verse. Spider Verse also has another like accompanying um album that's great by uh Metro Boomin, but it's not as great as I think the first one was. Uh, but Barbie, back to front. There's so many hits 
uh, that are so su such fun bobs to listen banger, to that have nothing banger. to do with the film. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. Uh, and I think like two of the songs from that album were uh, like my most played of the year, or at least one of them. Um, so yeah, n n no other movie can can claim that. <laughs> On my Spotify wrapped oh, for you and Graf. That's what they promote the movie with. But uh, yeah, uh, lots of great music to see. As someone who do doesn't really pay attention to music as much, uh, it helps me to go into the soundtrack after the fact. Uh, kind of see like, oh yeah, I like this, if I remember it correctly. Uh, finally, we, we have come to the, to the last category. And instead of best picture or the best performances, we want to highlight the person in the chair or in Maestro's case or in some, some filmmaker's case, I think with... Christopher Nolan as well. You don't sit on set. <laughs> I guess you're standing. But let's talk about uh, the people that make this whole business run, which of course is the producers and uh, the studios, you know. It's not like they halted production for six years because of their own greed. No. It's actually the directors who uh, craft this whole thing that we get to see on screen. They're often part uh, or writer-director um, as early as the ideas spark for the film. Then they're there the whole way through guiding the, the actors and uh, the camera to get what they want. And then they're in the editing room, crafting the movie uh, that they envisioned. So, Lachlan, what are your nominees for the best directors of 2023? My nominees are Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Hayao Miyazaki, The Boy and the Heron, Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Justine Trent. Anatomy of a Fool. What a treat! Uh, you can just treat? say treat. I think it's still wrong, but I I don't know. I think I I got I got called out for saying it wrong myself. So well, sorry. Martin Scorsese, Killers of a Flower Moon, Celine's Song, Past Lives, Yorgos Lathanthmos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Ooh, what a list of nominees! Is it fair to say that this is a stack? This is the most stacked category. Stacked. Hardcore. Yeah. Do you want to read out your nominees? Yes, I'll read out mine as well. Thank you. Uh, I got Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Justin Treat for uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Ridley Scott for Napoleon, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Todd, for, Todd Haynes for May December, Hayao Miyazaki for The Boy and the Heron, Ava DuVernay for Origin, Celine Song for Past Lives, Jonathan Glazer, The Zone of Interest, Yogos Lantimos, Poor Things, and Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Lachlan, I don't think we... Do we agree? Do we agree on, on, on this? I don't know if we have a shared winner here. I don't think we do. Are you going first with your winner? I couldn't decide, but there was one key characteristics between two directors that I uh, couldn't get over. And that's mm -hmm. the fact that it had been almost 10 years since they made a movie. So that's why my nominees that have become my winners is Jonathan Miyazaki. So Jonathan Glazer and Hayao Miyazaki are my two winners for best directors. Honestly, everyone on that list did an incredible job, but to yeah. to push through 10 fucking years and then make a movie <laughs> or make a yeah. movie over 10 years like Miyazaki did is insane. Mm -hmm. So to sh and and to be able to continuously keep that shared vision amongst a, a crew is insane talent and Jonathan Glazer did an incredible job even though he didn't really, you know, do much like under the skin but like that doesn't matter because he came out with a spectacular film and which is why it. Yep. it is jonathan miyazaki there we go for me uh i'm gonna go with maybe uh the choice that we might end up seeing at at the oscars this year i'm gonna go with christopher nolan uh for his achievement in directing 
in Oppenheimer. I think it uh, is such a technically impressive film. And I know that he's uh, in charge of a lot of that, uh, the control that he wants to have over that with his, with his uh, actors and getting everything out of the film that he wants. I think he's such a particular uh, filmmaker um, that maybe doesn't take 10 years to make uh, his stories, but they feel still feel like they're 10 years in the making. There's so much thought put into every little cut, every little moment. Uh, so yeah, that's why that's my favorite director of the year. But uh, I, I guess that's it for the first inaugural uh, Quiet On Set Awards. Um, on a final, final note here, uh, big thanks to everyone who's been uh, tuning into the show this year. We have a bunch of exciting stuff uh, that's uh, cooking in the, that's baking in the oven for 2024. So the first video I'd guide you to is our most anticipated uh, of 2024. Lots of exciting films that are going to come out this year and we're going to talk about. We also have our uh, separate top 10 lists. Our producer, Kevin, even got one. So you can go check that out. You can follow us on Letterboxd. And Lachlan also made a bunch of lists about uh, the box office of the year, the biggest box office hits. Uh, he also made a combined list of the ratings that we usually highlight when we start our reviews for Letterboxd, IMDb, and Metacritic. Uh, those will be linked below. Continue to see movies. Let us know what your favorites were of 2023. And as always, we'll see you next week with the Quiet On Set podcast. So that, that's, that's been everybody. the Quiet On Set show. Dear Watch Show. Quiet On Set. Goodbye. Goodbye.